When you look at, you know, restaurants and what I think drives a successful restaurant, you know, I mean, our sandwich is great, but like there's a million great sandwiches. You know, the differentiator is always going to come back to that interpersonal connection with the team member who comes into that store. I am a disciple of Patagonia. And so when I think about Bird Call, you know, the root problem that we're trying to solve is can you really build a lifestyle-driven fast food restaurant? And if you can, then it's not going to happen overnight. And it is going to be through constantly going back to the mission of the organization. This is the ProCo 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor hosting ProCo 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. My guests have built very successful businesses with team members and collaborators who also love all that Colorado has to offer. Today's episode is with Pete Newland, and it's an intriguing one for me because it's about a pretty new and fast-growing quick-serve restaurant concept called Bird Call with several Colorado locations and expanding Bird Call has delicious, and I try them, I can say they are delicious, all-natural chicken sandwiches, salads, and meals offered within a sustainable and socially conscious brand package. That's why I'm intrigued, because it seems that in the quick-serve industry, new concepts like Bird Call are more about, or they're about more than just food, about a food product. They're about a broader concept that includes the food and with brand qualities designed to differentiate them. And that's what I want to explore with Pete, who, by the way, is a partner at Gastamo, which includes Bird Call, Park Burger, and other concepts. So, Pete, thanks for your patience for that intro. Glad you could join me. Oh, Dave, super excited to be here. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah, so talk a little bit more. I gave a quick intro, Bird Call, but from your from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, it all started, uh, I moved to Colorado about 12 years ago to, uh, to graduate school at DU, and I remember biking home one day, and uh, I, I, I biked past this restaurant called Park Burger. And at the time, you know, I didn't have much money, but I had enough for a burger. And I remember sitting at that restaurant and feeling the energy of the restaurant, feeling the music, feeling the sound and uh, the taste. And it could have been the best restaurant in the world, and it wouldn't have mattered to me. It was the perfect restaurant for me at that time. And it was at that moment that I fell in love with hospitality. I ended up applying for a job. Oh, it must have been two days later. At Park Burger? At Park Burger. So that's where I got my start. That's where Jean-Philippe Falio, the founder of Gestamo Group, started, who's actually a partner with uh, Frank Bonanno at Osteria Marco and has a long history in the Denver Dining Frank Bonanno was my last uh, last guest. Frank? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. So it's a, it's a really an amazing, Denver's an amazing dining scene. But either way, I got my start at Park Burger, and very quickly I fell in love with all the components of a restaurant that weren't the food. You know, I fell in love with the way you can make people feel, the, the fact that interior, sound, touch, taste, like all of these different things actually created an incredible dining experience. And our mission was to make natural foods accessible. So we weren't ever really focused on, you know, fine dining restaurants. For us, it was like, how can we add a tremendous amount of value in a more affordable meal? And, uh, you know, really, after opening restaurants in Denver for about eight, you know, seven years with Philippe, and which led to the opening of Homegrown Tapendo, Perdita Kitchen, Lady Nomada, and so on, uh, we quickly saw a huge gap. And we really saw this opportunity to try to solve the problem of how do you increase the quality while decreasing the price to the guest? Well, I, and that's a good challenge to have. Obviously, everybody in the restaurant business, especially Quick Serve, has it. But back up a little bit. When you actually worked at Park Burger, what were you, I think I worked at McDonald's. That was my first real job. It, you know, it, and it was a mix of, 
this job sucks. And the energy was like this super positive vibe. I couldn't figure out whether I liked it or hated it. Yeah. Well, I, I loved it. And I still love being in the restaurants. I mean, I started with Philippe as a server, uh, kind of worked my way up to general manager, area director, and then, you know, uh, eventually a business partner. And then we started concepting restaurants together, but nothing replaces the community that can be built in a local restaurant. I mean, some of the uh, the guests that I remember coming in the door are still some of my best friends today. Really? I mean, That's... Yeah. Restaurants restaurants are so much more than people realize. And, and uh, they're the heart of a city. And, uh, you know, I feel so grateful to be a part of a, a community that... Uh, that builds restaurants. Yeah. Now you used a term, which I haven't heard. I think it's a verb, maybe concepting. So, you know, the idea of coming up with a new concept, and this is what intrigues me in some ways is that there are so many new quick serve concepts. I almost feel like, you know, who is at the head of the patent office in the 1800s said, you know, everything good that's been invented already has been, you know, but there's constantly new, new concepts still coming out of the quick serve business. So when you look at a bird call or something else, what makes you see, let's just be specific with bird call, what made you see an opportunity for a niche? Um, you know, when you look at the root of the type of restaurants we're trying to solve, I mean, we're trying to solve for the highest market demand. I mean, you know, something that I say all the time is, you know, the worst chicken sandwich will sometimes outperform the best poke bowl just by market demand. And, hmm. you know, so we're, you know, we're very strategic in, you know, what type of food segment we're trying to solve for, you know, what type of concept we're trying to build. But ultimately, a concept is so much more than the food that it's serving. And honestly, that's really steered from a lot of the experiences that a restaurateur or a restaurant concept creator has over the course of their career. You use the word restaurateur, and the first, my first thought was, you know, come on, there's a big difference between being a restaurateur of Bird Call and, you know, Frank Bonanno at his restaurants and such. I mean, is I've never heard of restaurateur used in the construct of, you know, of a quick serve restaurant. Do you think that's you know, my, my sense unfair. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's however we define ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and the fact is Sean Philippe and myself have been concepting restaurants in the Denver market for about 12 years, all the way back to the original park burger. And with each restaurant, you know, where Philippe goes towards the food, I go towards the story. Right. And, you know, a perfect example is, uh, you know, the newest restaurant that we opened Perdita kitchen in wash park. And the whole story is, about a nomadic way of life and the fact that we're all looking for something different, but we end up finding the same thing in community. And everything that built that restaurant, uh, we found a, a, from a trip that we took from San Diego all the way down to Cabo, stopping at every taco bar along the mm. way. And while he's tasting the food, you know, I'm feeling the textures. You know, so, you know, so to me, when, you know, just that experience of building a concept from nothing and telling a story and wanting our guests to feel a particular way, to me, that's what, you know, being a restaurateur is. Yeah. And and to me, Bird Call, Bird Call is so much more than a fast food restaurant, you know, and I, I define us as a fast food restaurant because that's the problem we're trying to solve. Um, but we don't understand why you can have an experience like that in Perdita, but why you can't have an experience like that in Bird Call. And the only goal that we have is when you arrive, whether you're there for five minutes or five hours, that you leave in a better place. The only reason we exist is to bring joy. And, um, that's really the problem that we're trying to solve. So is there, and by the way, it's a compliment. I, I went in, uh, I visited two of your stores and when you swipe your credit card, then your name pops up, not your full name, just first initial, first name, last initial. And you can see a town, a timer of how long it's going to take for your meal to come out. And both times it came out way faster. Uh, but I mean, if I'm in your store for three minutes, 
And I'm basically, I place an order, then I'm checking email and then someone shouts my name. How much, like, how are you creating an experience for me? Or did I not take full advantage of what you were offering? I think, well, I, I don't think our work's done, right? And I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the times, you know, we over-deliver and a lot of the opportunities we're still learning and evolving. And for us, you know, we saw a lot of a, a lot of value in building the technology because it allows an opportunity to us for us to focus on additional layers of hospitality. You know, if, if, if you know, some things as, as simple as like, would you like fries with that? Or would you like a soda with that? Some of that stuff sh should be automated and can be automated. And that really in lies with where we're focused is like, if we can automate those things, then we can create more exciting careers mm. and more exciting jobs for our team members where it's like, what do I love about restaurants? I don't love telling you about the menu, but I love getting to know you and figuring out where's the gap in your dining experience and how to make it better. Mm. Um, and it, you went to two of the original bird calls. Um, but if you go to the newest bird call that's open in 29th Street Mall in Boulder, you'll really see the evolution. And, you know, the original bird call, I mean, that was back when my buddy and I were designing restaurants together. And now we're actually in the fast food uh, sector. We're really partnering with some of the best interior designers to be like, how do we bring a more residential mm. feel mm. into a fast food environment? Because for the last decade, fast food restaurants got more and more minimalistic. Yeah. But where do you feel comfortable? You feel comfortable you're at home. So how do we bring your home into a restaurant? Well, that's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. And is feeling at home is feeling like you're part of a neighborhood establishment at odds with being fast food. By the way, listeners, you know, this is Proco 360 named best Denver podcast three years running and this year named, well, this year, 2021. And I hope you'll vote for, uh, for Proco 360, uh, at Colorado biz magazine's website, because last year named best Colorado business podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor, and this is the show featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today is Pete Newland of Bird Call. So getting back to that question, like are a neighborhood feel and fast food sort of at odds? I mean, I think of the bar, you know, the Cheers bar, like no one goes in there for just, a, you know, three minutes. Yeah. Well, but look at Starbucks, right? I mean, I think we can easily say we've both probably both had experience at Starbucks where you're there for five minutes or you're there for three hours, right? And, you know, if anything, their interior design is solving for that problem and they're continuing to show that they can be a meaningful part of the community, but also be a convenience item. And, you know, when, whenever I ask that question or whenever that topic comes up, my response is always the same. And it's like, why? And the fact is the industry is more and more challenged. We're having more and more challenges and we're going to have to and the wage gap between the front of the house and the back of the house is even more challenging. We're going to have to solve problems in a different way because yeah. the industry is evolving. Well, I want to come to you in a moment and talk about some of the technology. First, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about the positioning of your product, how you're doing it. I mean, back and we talked about being on Evans and uh, you're the the bird call I visited on Evans is across the street from the very first Chipotle, right? And back when McDonald's Chipotle started, they were basically about creating a product at a price point that created such massive value that customers were drawn in magnetically. Right. I mean, it's gotta be more than that now for you, right? Oh, it's uh, I mean, values and everything. And for us, it's how do we build, bring a lot of value. And a lot of the areas we see value is what makes bird call so important to us. And, you know, we like to think that we're a mission driven organization and a lot of our organization is inspired from some of the amazing artists in Denver. You know, we started in five points and had a deep connection with, the amazing street art and graffiti art. That's why every one of our buildings is covered in, in beautiful murals. 
Um, but even from the beginning, our story was inspired by Yvonne Chouinard and the founding of Patagonia. And each one of our, our leaders reads, let my people go surfing, you know, because we really, we really believe that uh, you can change the world with hospitality and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's fun to come with, uh, to work with that level of purpose. So when people say bird call, it's a chicken sandwich. I, I never think of the word chicken sandwich and bird call. Uh, to me, it's like, this is an initiative. This is our journey. And uh, we want it to be so much more to our team, but also to all the guests that come in the doors. Well, and, and think about when you created that new concept. I mean, what went through your mind? Your, how did, what was the origin of the idea? And then how did it evolve? Well, the origin, I mean, it evolved in a lot of different ways because this was still early in my career when I was working with Jean-Philippe and coming up with the menu. And his neighbor actually had the property in Five Points. And we were like, oh, let's do a, let's do a chicken sandwich restaurant. And due to the fact that permits kept getting delayed and we, we had about a year to really work on the concept and it, and it just quickly shifted from, hey, this is a one-off chicken sandwich restaurant to this can be so much more at a bigger scale. Um, but the original idea, I remember it was back in the time and I was uh, racing triathlons and I was out in San Francisco and I stumbled into this place called Itza. And I still credit a lot of the inspiration from this brand eats up. It was, uh, it was a redone automat and it was in the heart of the financial district. And you came into Itza, you swiped your card, you, you went through an ordering experience, and then you came into these really crazy digital displays and automated, and it almost felt like you're at a robotic restaurant. Hmm. And when I got back to Denver with Philippe, I was like, wow, this is the future. And if anything, you're seeing brands across the country do the same thing now. Um, but we didn't have the capital to do that. So I ended up calling up a dear friend, uh, who owned a restaurant back in the day, humble pie. And I was like, I know you have a team of engineers. Can I borrow one? Huh. And, uh, we ended up building our, our own proprietary point of sale. But the original idea was, uh, it was really inspired from s some of these tech startups in San Francisco. And, um, you know, some days I wish we never got into technology, yeah, yeah. but it's been an exciting journey. Well, since you're talking about that, I'll jump around in my outline and talk uh, and ask you about your your proprietary point of of sale, um, essentially touch pads and things a customer can come in and order for themselves. I mean, there clearly are. There's been a lot of talk about that. A lot of people are starting. A lot of uh, companies are starting to use that because you know uh, the, the worker shortage and the the wage escalations that are going on. Why wouldn't in the world would you develop your own? I mean, come on, you've only got, I mean, now you've got what, how many locations you're growing, but why develop your own technology? You know, original, I mean, it is a crazy, you know, that's a podcast in itself talking about the journey of being, yeah. uh, you know, in the restaurant industry and deciding to build your own technology. And the, the problem with technology is once you start building, you can never stop. It's never done. No, but uh, that's why I wonder, why would you build your own? Like, aren't you in the food business and rather than the software development business. Well, and that's how it's, you know, it started because we were solving for a use case that wasn't there. And, you know, if that technology was white labeled and on the shelf and we could use it and it would solve our problems, yeah. then we would use it. And if that technology becomes available tomorrow, we're going to use it and we're going to stop building technology. But the problem is the area where we're finding a solution to the problem is we're solving for a single use case. When you think about a lot of these point of sale systems across the country in the world, they're solving for a 7-Eleven, a gas station, a grocery store. And yeah, maybe they're solving for restaurant use cases, but they're solving for every single one from a fast yeah. food. So what's different about your use case than what Wendy's or McDonald's might use? Um, well, I mean, there are kiosk software. But, right, exactly. But the same user experience from coming in, using a kiosk, 
to picking your order up in the bay, yeah. to some of the conversations that we're starting, to everything that we're building in the back that uh, isn't visible to the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're solving some really interesting problems. Okay, I'm put you on the spot. What is something you're doing with your point of service that, you know, who whatever whoever's selling their stuff to Wendy's or whomever, you know, doesn't have? Well, the unique user flow of the guest is is unique. You know, there's not another restaurant with that same user flow, watching the bay system, following it, getting it out, printed sticker. Um, but that is going to become table stakes here in the next I would couple. think so. Yep. Yeah, that's why I wondered. I'm like, why does Birdclaw have to create it themselves? Maybe you're maybe this is your new product. Yeah, but the, huh. you know, I think really the the key is in the back of the house. And I think a lot of the opportunity is better coaching of teams. How do how can we use technology to make data-driven decisions to better support our team and grow? Are you? Yeah, I can share some things and I can't share everything. Yeah, but I mean, are you? Are you is your software informing your purchasing? It must be. I mean, obviously it supports inventory control, it supports costs and all that. It has to. Yep. The use case that I think where we're putting a lot of our energy is is on the team. You know, we're, we have two, we're not trying to build data-driven software because that exists. And we can yeah. we can code into something that's going to give us better, better analytics to drive our business because restaurants have been driven the same way for the last two decades. But yeah. if, there's, if there's a way to better coach, to better train, to better support, and to better track a career progression through data, I mean, that's where we're going to set other people up for success. Yeah. So here's where I'm, where I'm thinking, I'm not even sure I heard the last 30 seconds you said, cause I was thinking of this, which is like, you must be thinking of scaling bird call differently than you, you know, maybe the founders of park burger thought about scaling or, I mean, you're building systems that are scalable now with five locations, right? Yeah. And we're excited. I mean, we've got some amazing partners in Denver uh, and Birdcall is excited to, you know, announce that we're going into Texas and we have three locations planned for 2022 in Texas. We have three locations planned for the Phoenix Scottsdale market in yeah. 2022. And we're going to continue to grow. Um, you know, and we learned a lot, you know, building Park Burger, right? And the one thing about being a multi-concept operator is we're constantly learning and we're, we're so eager and, and, and for knowledge and, and to learn from our mistakes. And so a lot of the systems that we're putting in place today mm-hmm. for, bird call were mistakes that we've made mm-hmm. in the past for park. Yeah. Burger. So can you think of a specific example of something that you learned that you're now implementing at bird call? Oh, everything. I mean, I would say, you know, at park burger, we, we, there was no, there, you know, it was, you know, Hey, each location opened a second location at that time. Jean-Philippe was, you know, and still is the CEO of Gustamo group. And, you know, we were just learning together and, you know, you know, the real estate process was like, you know, very driven by gut, you know, and, and, you know, now it's a lot more data-driven decision-making. Um, but even just in the processes themselves, you know, from just our evolution as a leader, how we're coaching teams, you know, you know, it's, you learn a lot in restaurants really quick or you're not in restaurants yeah. for very long. So when you started Bird Call then, and you reflect back on your history, uh, on Philippe's history, what's the smartest thing you did, you think, when launching Bird Call? Creating, I think with Bird Call, it was trying to create a new guest experience for dining. You know, even right now, still being in full service dining, it's really challenging and it's hard. And that, and we're going to have, you know, that's why when you look across the city of Denver, everyone's solving for the challenges in different ways. When you, you know, back in the day when going to San Francisco and dining out and all the different service charges, it was impossible to compare mm. apples to apples 
And we're seeing the same thing in Denver now. And, you know, I don't think anyone has a silver bullet has figured it out yet. And even some of the people who are figuring it out, is there enough data to show that's actually the long-term right decision for the business? And so it's just, you know, with Bird Call, we, you know, we were excited to step outside of the full service dining experience and, and just try something new. And, you know, the one thing that I continue to think why I love working at Gastamo Group and Bird Call is because we're open to innovation, we're open to ideas, and we're willing to try change, even if it doesn't work. So what you mentioned that the restaurant has evolved quite a bit, even in its several locations that you've had. What do you, what do you think's been the most impactful that you've been able to execute on in your most recent or even the upcoming designs that weren't there at the beginning? Uh, the designs is easy because, you know, we, we created this new, what we call the concierge station. You know, originally the kiosks were kind of off by themselves. Mm-hmm. And what we realized is like, how nice would it be if you come into Bird Call and I'm standing behind the kiosks and I'm like, welcome to Bird Call. You know, this, you know, Bird Call is just as much about the salad as the sandwich. We're hundred percent natural. One percent goes back to the communities. We're privileged to have the opportunity to, 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 to operate in and, you know, and, and by the way, the Nashville hots fire and you're going to love it. And I think, you know, the whole goal is like that you're on that kiosk doing that experience and I'm just sharing the why, right? You know, everything goes back, you know, we are all driven by a sense of purpose and, you know, we're still huge believers in Simon Sinek and all of his work around the golden circle. And, um, and, uh, so I, so that would, I think that innovation is great, but just as many right decisions we're making, we're making just as many wrong decisions. And, you know, sometimes you know, we're evolving and we're yeah. trying things out and they don't work. But, well, I'm going to come back and ask you, yeah. think for a moment of one of your great failures, because I'm going to ask you about that. I think those are always instructive too. First, I want to thank our sponsors again. This is Proco 360. I want to thank our sponsors, Kinsley Meetings, by the way. Steve, thank you. You are the longest running Proco 360 sponsor. So I'll welcome both of us to 2022. Also via Technologies, Thanks for hosting Proco 360 and Digital Frontier Printing, a very entrepreneurial printing and sign company. Also, thanks to the Colorado Chamber of Commerce for its support for Proco 360. Go to proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter, read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. And now uh, continuing with the episode with Pete Newland of Bird Call. So uh, what was an interesting uh, thing you tried that really was a catastrophic flop? I mean, I, th- I think one of the greatest lessons I've, I've ever learned in restaurants is I remember when we opened up Park Burger Rhino and uh, we opened up Park Burger Rhino and at the time it was the, one of the first restaurants I designed. And I always tell my partner, Jean-Philippe and the founder, you know, I, I don't even watch sports, but for some reason I was Hi. like, Denver loves sports. So we're going to decorate this with sports memorabilia and and we went yeah. right into the heart of this amazing art district. And I remember opening and, you know, being young in my career and just looking at the community. And I mean, there were jokes around like, get the bros out of Rhino and just all, <laughs> all this stuff. But at the time, you know, it broke me down, but it really illustrated what I think makes restaurants so special. And from there, instead of telling a community what restaurant's right for them, you know, we've really became a restaurant group is like, let's let's build the right restaurant that's right for the community and, and listen. Mm. And that's where we switched yeah. from filling our walls with, you know, jerseys to beautiful artwork. And learn. did you flip that restaurant to, did you change the, the decor? Oh, of course. You know, and, and then uh, learned long, a lot. Yeah. yeah how long yeah. did that take? Like how long before you like, ah, oh, shit. And then, you know, you had to make a flip and it probably took a couple of years, but it ended really? up leading, uh, leading to the creation of the Denver Deluxe Music and Street Arts Festival. Yeah. You're involved with that too. 
Yeah, and it just led to just so much. It led to us going to community meetings before opening a restaurant. I mean, yeah. How'd you get that feedback? You you said people were writing, get this, you know, get this stuff off the wall. What, uh, how did, I mean, what it was, was pretty feedback? evident, pretty really? quick. Yeah. What were you hearing? Uh, just you know, social posts or just you know, just it was it was very evident that we had a miss very quickly. And I think if you if you if you're open to listening, you're going to learn very quick. And I think it's just. That's what I love about community building is just the opportunity of like, how do we coach people to be a part of a community yeah. versus, you know, push them out. And, and, uh, I, you know, so to me, it was probably one of the most incredible lessons uh, yeah. and I'm super thankful for it today. That's cool. Now you've talked a few times too, and I haven't really touched on it yet about, you know, the coaching that's necessary and, you know, and everybody's reading about the challenges within restaurants, about how hard it is to get workers, um, uh, how, Wage inflation is happening, even back of house, you know, you're, so what are you doing to address the ability to get and retain workers and have people that are successful for you at Bird Call? You know, I think it all starts, it all starts with us. And I think, you know, I think there are great people out there that want to have great careers and be a part of great organizations. And, you know, for us, the way that we're looking at it is we've got to focus on the training. We got to focus on you know, telling our story. We got to focus on being better for the team. You know, even now we're doing more and more work with uh, entrepreneurial coaching and, and building processes. Mm. And, you know, people want to do a great job and it is up to us to set them up to be successful. And for so long, you know, I've always focused on the future. I forget to look back. And that's where, you know, that's been that constant evolution where I've got to be a better, better coach, a better leader, better supporter, and, you know, so honestly, I, I think the root of it and, and where we're going to put all of our attention and it has been working is we just got to, we got, we got to be better leaders and, and we got to set our teams up to be more successful. So, yeah, but I mean, for people who haven't worked in a quick serve restaurant, yep. front of house, back of the house, what does that mean to be a better leader? Um, I think better, better understanding, you know, I mean, when you're first starting building a restaurant group, you don't have systems, right? Yeah. It's like, Hey, start tomorrow. And, you know, we're, you know, we're cooking burgers, good, you know, good luck, you know, and it's, and I think on, you know, there's a chance with onboarding to, to get someone excited about their job, you know, there's a chance with training to get them excited to share their story. Right. You know, when you look at, you know, restaurants and what I think drives a successful restaurant, you know, I mean, our sandwich is great, but like, there's a million great sandwiches you know, the differentiator is always going to come back to that interpersonal connection with a team member who yeah. comes into that store, the GM, the leader, the AGM, the, the frontline workers. Yeah. Like, that's why you go to, re I mean, that's why I go to restaurants. Sure. Now I want to, I want to spend another moment on that topic because I started out the, this, this episode saying, Hey, I'm intrigued because, because of what's going on in, in quick serve industry where it's more, it's about more than just like the product. And as you said, it's more than about a chicken sandwich, right? You're, and you mentioned a couple of other things, you're mission driven and such. But I mean, to what extent do you think the experience, the, and I'm raising my hands, I'm putting my hands in the air and make this whole round thing. To what extent does, does the whole experience that you want to create for a customer, the mission driven, the community orientation, the art, the design, the training, if a customer's in your store for, five minutes or even for a half an hour, I mean, to what extent are you able to create the impression that you really want to create? Do you have that opportunity? I don't, you know, I, I think it's going to be our life's work to figure that out. Right. And, <laughs> and when I think about Patagonia, right, every day I'm wearing a piece of Patagonia. And to me, the brand is so much more than an article of clothing. 
And it didn't take me one day to figure that out. Hmm. It took me my entire life up into the point where I'm like, I am a disciple of Patagonia. And so when I think about bird call, you know, the, the root problem that we're trying, trying to solve is can you really build a lifestyle driven fast food restaurant? And if you can, then it's not going to happen overnight. And it is going to be through constantly going back to the mission of the organization, focusing on the core values and coaching and, and training every team members. And, you know, we still hold all of those core values tight. And, you know, for example, every ingredient at Bird Call across the system in and outside of Whole Foods is 100% natural. And when we first started, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. the opportunity to partner with Whole Foods. And then we really saw how important natural foods were. And really that, you know, it was a very hard process to transition. But if, we're, yeah. if we can do it here, why can't we do it everywhere? That's a very interesting, that's very interesting and thought-provoking, the idea that building the kind of brand you're looking at is a long journey, that it's not about, you know, the marketing that you come out of the gate with. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, and, you know, look at Chick-fil-A, right? You know, when, if you, if you ever read a book on Chick-fil-A, I mean, there's some great books like Covert Cows or, um, you know, Betting on Talent. And what I love about, you know, Chick-fil-A is, you know, they started on this mission-driven organization, not five years ago, They've been working on this for the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the, the principles of Truett Cathy and the way he thought about building a guest, you know, back in the 90s, they were having, you know, they were doing marketing initiatives that made no sense in the QSR world. And, um, and you know what, you know, it's, it, they've built on that and they've had double digit growth for decades. Hmm. And so, um, you know, I really, you know, you know, we of course have, you know, di- you know, different values, but different core values, but, and we're building a different brand, but there's so much of what they did. Yeah. That's really impressive. It, but in order to do it, in order to do what you're citing as Patagonia's success and Chick-fil-A's success, I mean, these are companies that have to be doing it for decades, yeah. right? So, you know, when I think about a bird call that will now be maybe at the end of next year to 10 locations or something like that, I mean, there has to be or, or park burger. I mean, you don't, you have to reach a certain scale and a certain, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking, but size and impression and memorabil- memorability and all those things before you can achieve those things. Well, bird calls, uh, doubling uh, every year for the next two years. So by the end of next year, we're going to hopefully be close to 17 locations Great. across yeah. three States. And then we want to continue that level of growth to the foreseeable future. Um, but it does, you know, Bird Call is not about a, a, a quick flip. Bird Call is about building the brand right and, you know, and, and building it right for the communities. And, you know, that you've seen it and it's easy to watch in the QSR, especially a lot of brands that are built very, very quick. You're seeing it right now in the chicken segment. Yeah. You can't open five, maybe actually there's some people probably can open 500 locations in three mm-hmm. years. Um, but when you look at Chick-fil-A, I mean, slow, consistent, steady growth, focusing on getting better, building better systems, being better prepared. One thing we've always said at Gestamo, as long as every restaurant is better than the previous, and that mm-hmm. means there's better processes, you're better setting the team up for success, and then you funnel that all the way back through the rest of the organization, then you're going to continue to build a hospitality group that'll stand for decades mm-hmm. and you know hopefully longer. So with Bird Call, yeah, we are ramping up very, very fast growth, mm-hmm. and we're talking about problems that we're going to experience tomorrow, not today. Um, but it's with the same intention that I think Yvonne had with Patagonia is the way that we're trying to solve the problem mm. here. And like, nobody wins if, if Bird Call closes a door. Nobody wins if you know, we make it five years and someone else takes over Bird Call and it doesn't make it to 10. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that that has to take 
very strong intention early on yeah. to set that up. Well, maybe I asked the wrong question at the very beginning of the of our podcast interview because, you know, I guess maybe I should have asked you what's your long term objective for Bird Call because maybe we would have gotten to this way sooner. I think the long term objective is to keep growing, and you know, like you know, you yeah, but know. growth, growth. Growth can't be an end all no, objective. No, that's for not, sure. That's not, that's not what you're describing. Yeah, no. I mean, I, you know, we can all have our, our dreams. You know, I've always dreamed. You know, I, you know, watching Sweet Green and you know, watching brands that we love like Kava. You know, we want to be a national brand. You know, we want to be around the world, and we want to do it in, in a way that we're having this incredible impact. Right. You know, our one of our core values is change the world with hospitality. You know, we're never going to look back and remember every store, but we want to look back and remember. You know, you know, the music festivals in, in the middle of uh, the pandemic, we feel so grateful that, you know, thanks to a, an incredible partner at the Tuckman Family Foundation, we were able to deliver 250,000 meals across the state of Colorado. You know, that fills our hearts and it, it fills our hearts with the desire to continue to create an incredible impact. So our goal is to continue to grow. And honestly, next year is not going to be easy. We've never left this state, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Colorado Springs is, you know, we opened this year, and that was and that's already been hard managing that far away. So looking into next year, terrified but excited. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, if you run out of something in Phoenix, you can't get somebody put somebody in a car and drive them down to get you know to take it to them. It's, nope. Does it? I would think it's going to have a, a whole new set of logistical uh, challenges that you know are just part of growth, right? For sure, but you got to learn. Right? Yeah, what's your favorite part of this? Favorite part? I mean, my favorite part of the whole thing, you know, I love, you know, personally, I love the creating of a restaurant, just the idea to look at a property and, and think through the design and think how to, you know, like when you walk into a bird call, even if you go into the bathroom, you know, we take a lot of time, you know, and we have a, a Oh, a, I should have done that. We have got a great lotion and soap and, you know, we're just thinking through a lot of the details. Yeah. You know, I think some of the greatest restaurants in the world, you know, they're driven by their details. And so yeah. thinking about all the details that you'll interact with is, is where my heart is. And I, mm. I love it. Is that the advice you'd give to somebody who thinks, you know, oh, I've got this great idea to start a restaurant that, you know, could be scalable, could be the next X, you know, is that, is that what you'd advise or what is your advice for someone like that based on your background? Slow, you know, <laughs> go, you know, go slow. I mean, you know, I, I feel so thankful every day for the amount of lessons and the many mistakes we've made over the last 12 years. And there's been a ton of them. And, every day continue to make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, you know, a dear friend once said, when you look at across, you know, great organizations, they're pretty much a shit show for the first decade. And, 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 you know, some days I feel like that, but the fact is we're learning and, and you got to be open, humble to learn. And the other thing about being a restaurant operator, I continue to believe you got to be humble and you got to be willing to learn and willing to take feedback and taking feedback when you're young and it's just starting, it's really hard. Yeah. And every day that's where I'm, trying to put the most of my focus is just being better about receiving feedback and learning for it. Because in the end of the day, I want to be the best for my team. I want to be the best for my partners. And I want to more importantly, be the best for our communities. So, so last question for you, which is, uh, uh, put you on the spot again. You know, what is a piece of feedback that you didn't want to hear that you feel like you learned a lot from? Um, you know, you know, my biggest challenge as a leader is, you know, I'm so focused on the, you know, the future and so focused on exciting ideas, you know, that I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my communication can be unclear sometimes where I've got, you know, like, and I, I don't really prioritize what's the most important thing to be working on. And so, you know, I'll be just jumping around, you know, 
you know, like, oh, look at this. This is yeah. amazing. Look at this. Let's do it all. You know, and people are like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, so, you know, for, for me, it's prioritizing, being organized. And, you know, that's, frankly, that's the biggest area of focus for me to this day is, uh, you know, y- y- if you get there, but no one's with you, then you're not there. Right. And, and so I, I think I, you know, I just need to be better about setting a clear direction. Yeah, have you gotten that feedback? Oh, for sure. Uh, anybody, every, anybody who, who works at bird call will say that I get, I get very excited very easily. <laughs> Got it. Well, let's wrap up on that note. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. Today on Proco 360, you've been listening to my conversation with Pete Newland of Bird Call. Pete, thank you. That's been it's great fun. And I'd, maybe we'll have another conversation sometime solely on developing technology. That sounds so. great, Dave. Thanks for having me. Listeners, glad you're here on Proco 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. You make the show successful by subscribing to the Proco 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, please, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, Kinsley Meetings, Digital Frontier Printing, Via Technologies, and the Colorado Chamber of Commerce. That's the show. Live, work, love Colorado. 